Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. time it's a pleasure to have you on oh very kind of you thanks for having me looking uh, forward to chit chatting a little sec football with you first things first david let folks know that are tuned in maybe gamecock fans maybe they don't follow texas adam as closely where they can find your work because obviously you guys at texas and tex ags and tex ags radio 
You guys do a fantastic job covering all things Texas A&M. Not just football. It goes into baseball, basketball, really all the sports. So just give people an idea of who you are, what you do, and just kind of where they can find everything you guys are doing. Yeah, well, I've been at Texas now for two years. I do the uh, TV and radio show that we host here Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. And uh, I really love doing it. I'm an Aggie. been away the last, I don't know, 20 years doing other stuff. I've, I've done, uh, I was a newscaster in, in Houston for a while. I've worked in the NBA, worked in the NFL, and I, I've had a very uh, different path to get to where I'm at. But happy to be doing uh, Aggie football because it's there's a, a few things to get my blood boiling and, and make me super happy, and that is certainly uh, A&M athletics. But uh, Billy and I, we uh, Billy's Billy Lucci's the uh, the face and the the the, the founder of, of all things Texas A&M or Texas, I should say. He he created this monster 20 years ago. He built it, this empire, and and now we have a website, a TV show, a radio show. We do SEC specific shows, so we, it's just a one stop shop. But really with a focus on AM. We and you know, as we've learned in the SEC the last uh decade plus, it's that everybody hates everybody, but we all kind of have each other's backs, right? So it's it's that's kind of the, the way we roll here as well. That's well said indeed. And again, David, let me just echo and say that I didn't realize it had been 20 years, but I've admired you guys' work from afar. You guys again do a fantastic job talking all things Aggies, but also shedding light on all things SEC. So let's start on kind of a, a different note, if you will. You know, we all love rivalries. In a day and age of realignment, these teams are changing conferences. You know, I find myself even gravitating more towards rivalry over realignment, but realignment is helping a rivalry in the case of Texas A&M, Texas A&M, and Texas. That rivalry will return next year. I've heard a lot about it over the offseason. Of course, the Texas and Oklahoma questions came in hot at SEC Media Days. But, you know, we talk Carolina-Clemson, and we know the bitterness of that rivalry. I mean, pure hatred. But – Give people some perspective on Texas A&M and Texas, what that game means, and because it, it's right up there with the best rivalries in college football, and it's honestly a, a darn shame it hadn't been played over the last couple of years. Well, it's definitely a shame, um, and but we got to a point where we didn't need it anymore, but we did, right? Like, mm -hmm. you get to a point where these kids that I, you know, that, that intern for us here in the studio, like, they don't know what it feels like to hate Texas, right? To absolutely hate. And one thing to lose, like, there's certain, like, I'll, I'll give you an instance. Like, I kind of root for LSU and Bama and South Carolina and other situations. LSU would be our, our other real rival in the SEC, right? Like, I, I, I root for them to win sometimes because it doesn't bug me as long as A&M gets that win. I want for Texas to lose every game that they play in by 50-plus points, right? That's just what – every time – when they lose and they get destroyed, and when they're embarrassed, just like they are with us, they may act like it's not that big of a deal, but they can't wait to make the App State jokes. They can't, and we can't wait to make the Kansas jokes, right? That it's just part of the rivalry. Some of my best friends are Longhorns, by the way. They're the majority of them are great, but there's this social media component that has shown up in this rivalry where I see some of the worst in both fan bases, by the way, that just adds to it. It Thanksgiving weekend always meant something like, you know, I. My brother went to AM. My oldest cousin went to AM. I feel like I've been an Aggie my entire life because as a seven and eight year old, I was watching Aggie football. Um, it, it meant something every Thanksgiving weekend, if it was the actual Thanksgiving day, the Friday after, whatever it would be. And that game, uh, along with the bonfire and, and the, the proximity to the schools and fighting for the athletes in town, it just it means more than anything else. Uh, and look, I, I have a lot of respect for Texas OU. That is a huge rivalry, and I think the last 20 years, especially with the, the way OU kind of dominated the Big 12, and that it became a huge, a, even a bigger deal with the absence of AM. But make no mistake about it, 
come Thanksgiving weekend, if that's when we get to have it again, all, all eyes are going to be on what AM and Texas mean. And it's the, the fighting for the recruits, fighting for the eyeballs, and fighting for legitimacy, where both programs really the last 20 years have shown moments, but not sustained moments. Mm-hmm. David, speaking specifically on the Aggies, you know, you look at what they've done on the recruiting trail over the past four, five, six years or so. I mean, really recruiting at a top five level. And of course, Jimbo Fisher was hired there, not just to win, but to win big. And so I look at this season after a disastrous 2022 in which Texas A&M was very, very young. That's evidenced by all of the returning production experience, what have you. You know, it's interesting to get people's perspectives on the Aggies because you have a large party that says this is going to be the breakout year. They've got all these guys coming back. They've recruited at this high level. You've got this other party that says I've been burned by Texas A&M too many times to put any stock. I don't believe in Jimbo. The Bobby Petrino thing's not going to work. The clashing egos. Give people, give our audience an idea. Why do you think it clicks? If it does, let's say Texas A&M gets to nine and three. Let's say they get to 10 and two and they're right there with LSU and Bama, the top of the SEC West. What is it that clicked for Texas A&M finally to break through? Forgive me for not having the exact stat on me, but over the last 10 years, I feel like A&M is the fourth best record in the SEC. They have been very good since they joined. They have been very good, yes. There's that. Also, people forget 2020 actually did happen. Some people put that asterisk there, but last time I checked, the Los Angeles Lakers are still enjoying that championship. The last time I checked, the Dodgers (laughs) are enjoying their – Alabama is enjoying their – so Jimbo has had success here. There was a – Three years of rising to that moment. And I think that they were unfairly left out of the, the playoff. But I get it. Like Notre Dame got in the brand name. They're, they're, I get it. But I think AM at that point was deserving. But they didn't get in. They followed up with a bad 2021. I had to get my year straight, right? They, 2021 was not good. You lose your starting quarterback who, at the time, we thought was the future of the program in Haynes King in game two, drive number two against Colorado. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. Alabama was a different team without Bryce Young. Like, regardless if you think Haynes King was going to be good or not, and history now would say it just didn't work out at Texas A&M. He wasn't the right fit for this offense, and we weren't the right fit for him. Now he's at Georgia Tech. You lose your starting quarterback in week two of the season. It's going to hurt your program. Then you have Zach Calzada, who, by the way, got hurt during that season as well, and you didn't have any other backups to him. He wasn't what we expected him to be. You had other injury situations. You show the 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 brilliance against Alabama, but then you 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 follow up with some poor losses against the Mississippi schools, right? So that happens. 2022, uh, 2022 happens, and I think a lot of people focus on the Jimbo Saban fiasco. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you guys, everybody loves to poke AM about the NIL stuff. Nobody has reported anything that is accurate when it comes to that about the actual financial figures. It is so much lower than people say and lower than a lot of other programs. It's ridiculous. But Sliced Bread had this thing. Jimbo and Nick had their thing. And then AM follows it up with a disastrous loss to App State. So, like, you got all this momentum going in the, in, in the south direction. You got injuries to your best playmaker in Anaya Smith. Your starting center, an all-SEC caliber starting center, placed in four games last year. Goes down in the Alabama game. But this doesn't start the season, by the way. He's also a track athlete, so he missed all of spring. These are all excuses. It's not, it's not good enough. There's no doubt about that. But I'm giving you guys kind of the, the, the reasoning behind where some of the optimism was and why it fell out of favor and why we still see it. Look, I believe in Jimbo Fisher as a recruiter. He has been a great recruiter at Florida State and at Texas A&M. 
And I go back to that 2021 class where people are like, well, how did you get the number one greatest class of all time? That was a top 12 class just in the city of Houston. Do you think A&M recruits Houston pretty well every year? Yes, they do. Just in the city of Houston that year, that was a top 12 class. They beat Alabama with Walter Nolan and all these guys here, right? And they saw it happen. And there was a euphoria of that evening. I don't know how to explain it, but like I've been to South Carolina. There, on a certain night, you know things click and the recruits just buy in and go crazy, right? That game where they beat a and I thought that was a crazy atmosphere. So when people say, should we buy in A&M? They've burned us too many times. I totally get it because as a fan of that program my entire <laughs> life, they have burned me. But I do believe in Jimbo because I think Jimbo did look in the mirror and saw some areas where this program was suffering. And it was an obvious one, right? The offense suffered. The offense was not creative. They couldn't score points. Brings in Bobby Petrino. We can talk about that as a separate issue, but brings in one of the best offensive minds we've seen in college football the last 20 years, right? You're healthy. You've got two quarterbacks that you believe in. Max Johnson, for those who don't think there's a real quarterback race, Max Johnson's a really good quarterback. Mm -hmm. What he did at LSU was really good, right? He's a guy. Connor Wegman last year as a true freshman. Eight touchdowns, no interceptions, looked great, right? Like, he, he looked excellent. So I'm throwing all these scenarios out for you to show why we believe this year can be a really good year. Do I think they're a 12-win team, an 11-win team? I, they have talent to maybe do it. But, like, as we all know in the SEC, LSU, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas A&M, like all these teams in the West, Ole Miss, Miss they all play in these close games. Mm -hmm. A&M, if they, they only scored 22 points a game last year, right? If they score 30 points a game, they're probably an 8, 9, 10, 10-win team, honestly, because they lost so many five games by one score, right? Mm. But Alabama played in those close games, too, and they won a bunch of them. LSU played in them all year long. Hello, TCU made it to the college football playoffs winning those one-score <laughs> games. So if you believe in the youth and that 21 uh, class growing up, if you believe in guys coming back for another year in Anaya Smith and Damani Richardson, and you think that Jimbo really looked in the mirror and made these changes and changed the offense, then why not believe in them? I understand the hesitation, but the talent is there. Nobody in the world predicted five wins last year. Most experts had them as a top 10 team. They fell royally short of that. They cannot have a third straight down year. They've got to have a bounce back year. Uh, I believe in the talent, and I think they've made the necessary changes. That's my long-winded answer of saying why I believe in them this year. How much I believe in them, I'm still trying to figure out. David, how many times do you think you've been asked about the Bobby Petrino thing? <laughs> I feel like that's like the the number one question when it comes to the Aggies. And I'll let you expand on it, but I know it's the low-hanging fruit. But whether it works or doesn't, it is fascinating when you think about the fact that Jimbo hasn't been, I think somebody told me, he hasn't been an assistant coach since 2002 when he was at Auburn. Like, he hasn't shared any of those duties in any the slightest way in the last 20 years or so. And now you bring in a guy in Petrino who's, you know, Take the off-field stuff out of the equation. He's one of the best offensive minds in college football of the modern era, I would say. And uh, it's just going to be really interesting, that working dynamic of allowing Bobby to, you know, really take full hold of it. You're, you're just well, overall thoughts on that addition. I, I, look, I'm not worried until I need to be worried. Like, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you think Nick Saban meddles with the defense? Yeah, of course he does. Of course he does. No, I don't want that play. Do this. That's what head coaches do. Like... The thing that I think people are forgetting, Jimbo didn't go hire some like young hotshot coordinator. He hired a proven guy who he didn't ha- who didn't have to take at a coordinator job. By the way, I know he was going to UNLV when the A and M thing seemed like it was going to fall out, but he went and got a guy that he trusts to lead the offense. I fully expect for Jimbo to be involved in the offense. He's too good of a brilliant mind. By the way, I don't think the play calling is as big of an issue as people think. I think play calling is an issue for a lot of teams, not just Jimbo Fisher, right? I think it's the creativity of offense, right? So that's all being decided right now. The kind of plays that they're going to run, the way they're going to look, the packages that they're going to run. And I, I tend to agree with Jimbo in this regard right here. It is about execution, right? John Stockton and Carl Malone, you knew what they were doing. They were doing the pick and roll. You couldn't stop it because they ran it to perfection on a third and one. You've got freaking whatever running back you want to throw. They're going to get that one yard, but you know it's coming. They find a way. So it is about execution. Do I think that it could potentially be a problem? You could say that about anybody. You could say that about any new coach and new coordinator because you don't know the working dynamic. Jimbo has said repeatedly that he is friends with uh, Bobby, that their relationship goes way back, and he kind of handpicked him. He was a little vague, obviously, at SEC Media Days. Did follow up on the on the on the uh, not the Brando show on the on the uh, Feinbaum. Feinbaum, thank you. I don't know why I was thinking Brando. He was supposed to be on the show today, but <laughs> uh, he was on Feinbaum. And he followed up and he did say, "No, he's going to be calling plays." But I fully expect for every once in a while a head coach who's won a national championship, who it's his baby and has had a hard time sharing that to to at times medal. I'm not worried about it. Do you score points? Were people complaining about the offense in 2020? The offense didn't score a lot of points in 2020, but they were winning games. Just win games, everything else takes care of itself. Now, David, when you look at that matchup specifically with South Carolina, I was just taking a look at the schedule and where it falls. You know, it's it's really interesting for the Texas A&M perspective. Coming off of that bye week, you know, and, and the stretch of games, too, you know, going into that because you've got Auburn, Arkansas, and Arlington, but then you have Alabama at Tennessee. Then there's that bye week. And then you host South Carolina. And, of course, the Gamecocks snapped the streak. Had never beaten Texas A&M 
up until last year. And admittedly, David, I'll tell you that when I came into every season and I lock in predictions, picks, whatever, that was a game that I was just automatically putting an L next to because I'm like, until South Carolina wins it, I don't know that it's actually possible. Of course, they'll, they've never won in College Station at Kyle Field, one of the toughest places to play in college football. That, to me, for Texas A&M, if they're going to hit, say, that nine-win mark or more, that looks like a must-win to me. I mean, a home game, SEC game, obviously, but at the home field, in that stretch, what say you about that matchup specifically? You know, South Carolina was able last year to use special teams, defense. You know, people forget the start of that game. It wasn't just the kickoff return for a touchdown. Literally, the first drive A&M had, it was an interception, and they were off and running, and A&M was never able to recoup, although it was a one-score game at the end. Uh, your just overall thoughts on the South Carolina matchup and the importance of it for Texas A&M season. Well, first off, I have so much respect for Shane Beamer. I just I love his personality. I love his style. I think he's building something very unique there, and uh, he gets it. I, um, I go to specifically that game. Things could not have started worse, right? Like, the game was basically over at the eighth minute, right? It, it fell over. And, yes, A&M had their chances. What I'll say about that is, as bad as AM played in that game, they had a chance to win. They had an opportunity. Now, if you believe they had a legit opportunity or not, but losing by six and you have a chance with the ball in the fourth quarter to potentially take the lead, they had an opportunity. Uh, Haynes King got hurt in that game, was not really good. Connor came in, did okay, but it was too late, like too little, too late. Had they made the change earlier, I think things could have been different. You can't start off a game on the road in the SEC and, and, and fall behind 17 points. Uh, I, I don't remember his exact stats, but I don't remember Spencer being fantastic in that game, but he caught steam afterward. Uh, all that being said, yeah, th that game's important. It's super important. I have a lot of respect for what South Carolina has been able to do with, with Shane. But I think it goes deeper than that. I, I think a and season, regardless of what you think about what happens with, a uh, with Alabama and with um, Tennessee, they got to win their home games, including South Carolina. They got to find a win to win against Mississippi schools. Right, So that's right there, three games that I think are your pivotal games. If you struggle against Bama and Tennessee, that some people think they, that they will, you better win the games you're, you're supposed to win, and you better win the Mississippi games. And I think A&M at home with the talent they have should beat South Carolina. Nothing to do it. I think we're going to learn a lot about South Carolina, and even if they take a step back this year, which I'm not saying that they will, but if they do, I still think their trajectory is very high for what they're building there. You got to win your home games. You got to win Mississippi. To me, that determines if they're a nine win team. David Nuno of Texags, no more East and West moving forward. So we'll see just how often South Carolina and the Aggies face off. We know they'll do so in 2024. Last thing, Dave, before I get you out of here, yeah. just really quickly, uh, I've never been to College Station, never been to Kyle Field, have heard many things about the 12th man. For those of us who have not been, explain what makes it such a special environment. I guess besides the fact there's a hundred plus thousand screaming Aggies in that stadium, but you watch it on TV and I know that probably doesn't do it justice, but you watch it on TV and you can tell it's one of the more special venues in college football. All right. So I assume your audience is very much like mine, not into soccer. I'm into soccer. <laughs> right? like, I just assume SEC fans aren't really watching European soccer, uh, but there's a, there's a charm to, to a European soccer match that I think is, is, is matched in college football. Then you take it a step even deeper with AM. Um, and, and the reason I say that is A, I'm biased, it's my school, but there is a elegance to Kyle Field. There is um, there's a politeness in the crowd. Like I'm telling you, like I know that there's knuckleheads in every fan face. I, I recognize that, but Aggies are really nice. Uh, there, there is that, but they're also really loud. 
They're really passionate. There's traditions. Um, coming to Kyle Field, it, it used to matter and needs to matter again, and it does matter at moments. That's one thing I'll give Jimbo, and, and one thing he's got to get better at too is the big games, all the big games he's coached in, they're games. Very rarely does Jimbo, like, not, he'll lose some big games, but very rarely does he get blown out in big games, although it has happened. Hello, LSU 2019. But Jimbo coaches his teams up, right? Right? And um, against Alabama, against LSU. We've seen it against Clemson a couple years ago, that one year that they took on the number one school four different times. So, but when you come to Kyle Field, there is an intimidation factor that shows up, especially in the big games, with how loud it gets how entrenched the fans are, how close to the field that they are, that opposing fans feel it. Um, and was it South Carolina that actually had fans talking about um, an SEC media day? I think it was South Carolina talking about like the impact of Kyle Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I might be wrong here. It's just a different vibe that you can't explain unless you're there. And then when you're there, you're like, ah, I get it, right? Like watching a movie on, on Netflix is cool. Watching a movie in like a... Dolby, whatever they call it, the sound system. Like, you know, there's a different kind of vibe to it, and that's what it's like at Kyle Field. There are other places that are great. I, I Honestly, every SEC stadium I've been to is different than the other conferences. I went to a lot of Big 12 games before. Like, it's just different. It's cool there. It's not like an SEC stadium, and I think the same thing about A&M, taking it up even a step uh, bigger. David Nuno of Tex-Ags does a fantastic job talking all things Aggies, SEC, and more. David, appreciate you taking the time. Let's definitely do this again soon, for sure. I appreciate it. Hey, can I just read this? Because I, I yeah. just jumped on, on your chat. Yeah. Austin, he asked me a question. Uh, he says, David, this time last year, everyone was accusing the Aggies of illegal utilizing NIL. Now that everyone is following suit, what do you attribute AM finding success with NIL before ever, anyone else? Um. I think they were. Everybody was scrambling two years ago to figure out how to do it the right way. A and M was recruiting before NIL, and I mean Jimbo Fisher is a elite recruiter. He's done it at every stop. A and M has traditionally done very well recruiting, no matter who the coach is. Now, have they been top five good? No, they'll they'll venture in there, but they've been a top fifteen type of recruiting place. It's Texas like the state of Texas, there's enough talent to, to get a, a, a really good team. My thing is getting in this new world of NIL, it's not about the top five classes, although you want that. It's about getting the right top five classes. It's about getting the right. There have been a couple guys from that. By the way, most of the 21 class is still here, a, a significant portion. And nobody who left was a legit starter, right? Uh, Anthony Lucas had a chance to be a really nice player. But Smoke Bowie, who left, is no longer with Georgia. Chris Marshall who left, who was a problem, is no longer with Ole Miss. It's about getting the right guys, guys that buy into what you're doing, buy into the program, and buy into winning a certain way. And that's what I think A&M has to, and I think they've gotten back to it, but they have to recruit those type of players with the aid of NIL. Well said, David. Hey, man, like I said, I appreciate you taking the time. Let's let's definitely do it again soon and make sure everybody tuned in. You go check out David Nuno and all things Tex-Ags, where you can find it. David, appreciate you taking the time, man. This was awesome. Yeah, man, we'll get you on my show soon, all right? Let's do it, man. Appreciate you. Thank you.